0: amazing episode of Retro-Vaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier, here with Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And Billy Holiday. Hello there. And this week, we, uh, we're we going to cover the Super Nintendo game I don't believe any of us have tried before, Fire Striker. But before we get into that, Billy, what have you been playing since our last episode?
1: Well, I played a, a healthy deal of the game we're reviewing today. Um, but other than that, I had got started on Hollow Knight. I, I think there's a couple episodes where I was singing the praises of it uh, when I first started playing it, uh, but but kind of got stuck for a minute there, kind of kind of got lost, um, and picked it back up and played through, and it was one of those things where I sat it down for a couple weeks, picked it back up immediately, progressed through the area I was stuck in and, and now I'm back back on it and, and I think probably nearing the end I mean, I've put a, a large number of uh, hours into it at this point in time I've, I've uncovered a, a great deal of that map and it's just such an enjoyable game altogether. Um, that and I'm just kind of touching on games here and there um, I kind of look around uh, Nintendo on, on the Switch at least, you know, they're, they're first party games uh, rarely ever go on sale, but a lot of the independent games on there, which is the, if you ask me the bread and butter of the switch, uh, they have some pretty deep, I mean, some pretty steep sales on there. Um, so I have kind of stocked up on a lot of, uh, a smaller independent games. Uh, a lot of things that I'm going to start playing through, uh, over the coming weeks. Uh, and also for some reason, I got to playing Binding of Isaac again, um, I think I was kind of looking through the Switch, seeing what all I had on there, and saw that, and, and back at it. Uh, the, the game that on Steam, I think, currently holds my record for the most hours played, I am well into again. I, I just think that game is endlessly replayable. Uh, but between those games and, and the one we're doing today, I, uh, that, that's occupied the majority of my time. Yeah, like I said
0: last episode, I, we got a Switch for Christmas, and mm-hmm. up to now, I've really just let the kids play it. I mean, I've used it, but I got games for them. So we have, you know, Mario Odyssey, and uh, we got mm-hmm. the Mario Rabbids game. Which, that's still a lot of fun. I'm, I'm on the fourth set of maps there. But mm-hmm. uh, so I started finally branching out and buying my own games uh, for it. And I picked up the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, ah. uh, which is actually great. It has, you know, the Akari Warriors games, uh, both the arcade versions and the home NES versions. It's got a whole bunch of games I'd never heard of before. And luckily for you, Jeremy, they have Alpha Flight. Uh, there
2: it is. I was going to ask if they or had Alpha Mission.
0: Alpha Mission, Mission, on Alpha Mission uh, um, <coughs> both the the arcade, which is not bad, and the NES version, which I felt very sad for you. It is not a good <laughs> game. The NES going, at least on, on this collection, and I'm assuming it's doing it on purpose because the arcade version plays flawlessly. But the uh, NES version, there's slowdown when there is one enemy on the screen.
1: Uh, it, it
0: is It does not have half the mechanics of the arcade game. It is just a, a very, very bad Zevius clone. Uh, that I, I felt very very bad for you So, uh, But I have played it and it has Crystallis Which is a game that someday we will cover mm-hmm. uh, But that's been excellent But the other thing I bought And I don't know why I do this with a Switch Because I don't do it with any other system I own but for whatever reason, for the switch, I really want physical versions of a lot of games if I can get them, as opposed to downloading them. Uh, it's the hmm. opposite of everything in the last fifteen years for me for, for
1: games. Like my—that's unusual. because I've had the 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 opposite urge on there well, um, that's, for PS4. I'm, this is—I uh, I have like maybe two or three physical games. I, I, it's interesting though. I, I think maybe just those—is it the appeal of the little the little carts? Is that what it is?
0: It is. It reminds me of the TurboGrafx. Graphics, but also it's that. <laughs> If I buy games that I don't want the kids to play... I just if I have the cart, they can't play it unless they put the mm-hmm. card in, and I put, just put it put on a top shelf where they can't get to them. Where mm-hmm. on the the Wii U, there's definitely been times where they're like, "Hey, Dad, check this game out." I'm playing I was like, "No, that's Bayonetta. That's not. We're not going to play Bayonetta. We're going to put that away." Uh, there, mm-hmm. And so this, you know, I I went out and I found a, a. I had to go to like five different stores to get a copy of it, but I got Travis Strikes Again, the No More Heroes oh, kind of yeah. spinoff title. It's great. I, I, I saw Is a lot it? of the reviews yeah. were very middle of the road, um, mm-hmm. but if you look at the reviews for No More Heroes, they're very middle of the road. It's not. Yeah. It's not mechanically a game that's going to blow your mind and neither mm-hmm. was no more heroes. There was a lot of like really cool flair and and has a lot of really great atmosphere. And this is exactly the same. It's it's got like the whole time I just want to see what's going to happen next cuz it's not it's not like oh man this is bad crazy, but it's just it's interesting. I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And the actual game itself instead of being a, a 3D action game uh, like the, the earlier ones, it's more of a like a throwback arcade title a lot more like Smash TV or or Robotron but with more more involved mechanics. So you have like mm. a strong attack and a weak attack and you have these special moves you can do now and then that have cooldowns. So it's not just mindlessly running in circles and and you know shooting everything, but it's fun. I'm enjoying it a mm. lot uh and and so that's what I've played a lot of other than the game we're going to cover this week and of course mm. a lot of Alpha Mission. Uh but what have you been playing, Jeremy?
2: Uh, unfortunately, not Alpha Mission. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> You mentioned that it was on there and it actually did have the NES version on there as well, which I was like, "Why?" But you know, that was just like, I, I hope you felt my disappointment. I did. Uh, I did. Imagine a, a 10-year-old child booting that game up on the NES and just being met with waves of disappointment. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't know if this happens to you guys or not, but I've been mentioning over like the last 100 podcasts or so that I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2 and, and uh-huh. I beat it. And so like for these games that are so long, it becomes almost a part of your life. You know, it becomes like a part of your regular schedule.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, well, it's six o'clock. I'm home from work. It's time to play a couple of hours of, of Red Dead uh, or or spend the rest of the night playing Red Dead. And that's what I did for probably like four or five months, uh, however long it's been out. And, so, and I beat it. And I was like, oh, man, I can finally move on to new games. I've got all these other games I want to beat. But there was just this emptiness after beating it. Like, I don't know what to do with my life anymore because yeah. this this game isn't I, I don't want to play it anymore I can but I, I don't want to because I really want to play something else but it, it I just feel like the, there's there's no other option because I've gotten so used to playing that and that was what I did for months uh, have, have you guys had that happen at all I mean I,
1: I've had it with that with that same game I mean it's it's like it's not just a physical it's a an emotional toll with that game and and I don't know. I, after I finished it, I was I was one so happy to be done with it. And that's not to say it's a bad game. It's just it's a lengthy game, um, especially if you want to uh, do a lot of the side stuff. I mean, this is a good number of hours put into it. I had a I had a similar schedule to yours when it came to you know putting a a couple of hours in there or just the rest of the night. Um, yeah, I've had that with a lot of games, especially ones like that that are just so, uh, just uh, so well made. Uh, I, I think it's not just the hours you put into it, but just uh, how attached you get to the, the characters and the and the setting. I, it's like when a, a favorite show of yours, you know, gets canceled or has their finale, and the next week, you know, in that time slot, you're just kind of sitting there. It's kind of well, what do I do now? You know, I want to move on, but. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a thing, and it's, it's definitely something I had with that game too. Um, yeah, I think if you can put that much time into something and get that attached to it, there's definitely going to be that awkward period afterwards. Um, and I, I just found myself just kind of weaning myself off of it. I get on there and do a few side things, or just try to round out the you know the, all the the animals you have to discover out there. And, and eventually, I got to where I'm, I'm not hopping on too much anymore. Uh, but it's it's definitely a, a trouble in the early goings
0: well I'll tell you what solves that problem guys yeah a monster hunter world this week <laughs> appreciation <laughs> fest starts the year anniversary so I'm gonna be playing a lot of that but you know what everyone's already turned off the podcast let's go ahead and talk about this week's game fire striker for the Super mm. Nintendo
1: Yeah, I think I uh, I I think I brought this one... Uh, I think I mentioned this one. I, I was just up late one night, and I think I was looking at... You know, when we do a game on here, I like to, to kind of... I think we've discussed this before. I kind of like to let... I kind of like to watch other people play through it also, just to see what I may have missed and see what people that are actually skilled at playing video games do when they play through the games. Um, and this was on just the... I, I fell down one of those YouTube wormholes where I just watched one video and, and just let it keep going. and this one was on there. Um, and And yeah, it was just such a unique game. It had a, uh, and we'll talk about it as we go through. Uh, this game had a, a very odd gimmick to it and it immediately caught my attention. and one of those kind of just almost sight unseen. Just from a brief clip and synopsis of it, I was like, well, we have got to try this one out at some point in time. See, I, I didn't even, I've never,
2: I didn't know this existed. Like I've never heard of this game and this isn't Mm. one of those, like, you know, I can't even blame it on, you know, the, the video store or anything like that. I just, I have never heard of this game. was it like a super limited release or something? Because usually I'm pretty shocked when I come across a super NES game that, that I've never heard of.
1: Well, I've got to tell you, um, I mean, where I lived at, everything was a fucking super limited release. But I never saw this thing in the store, in the video store. Um, I couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast this morning, but for some reason I have a very photographic memory of volumes and volumes of game magazines. And I don't remember seeing this in any of them either. Um, as far as the gaming magazines go, I just, I, this one completely flew by me unnoticed for, you know, 20-plus years. I worked at a game store that sold
0: Super Nintendo and Genesis games when in their prime, and I've never heard of this game. But mm-hmm. it, it did come out. It was a, a fully released game. It's not like this is one of those, uh, you know, unreleased prototypes people found or some kind of, like, homebrew. This, was, this mm-hmm. came out in 1993 in Japan, 1994 in the U.S. Uh, I think the reason none of us have heard of it is because neither the developer or the publisher are people I've ever heard of. Uh, the developer is Hect H E T C T. And Axe's art amuse, and the publisher is DTMc. And as far as I can tell from my thirty seconds of internet research, that's the only thing any of these people have ever done uh, that was accredited mm. to them. Um,
1: they went out, it went out on top.
0: Well, it, and it's surprising because the game is not put together badly. Like at no point did I feel like it was an unfinished game. At no mm-hmm. point did I think like, wow, if they would spend a little more time on X, Y, Z, this could have been you know a, a really fun game. But instead, it has these major flaws. It, it actually plays really well. I mean, these these must be people that had uh, you know. Studios made of previous developers or people who worked on other things yeah. or, or who knows what. But either way, yeah, th- this game never even came out in, in Europe at all, and, and I'd never seen it, never heard of it. Uh, if you find a co- like a picture of the box, it looks pretty bland, so it wouldn't stick out. You would never think, man, I got to check what this game out is. It's just a picture mm-hmm. of a guy, <laughs> so it's it's not going to get you anywhere. Um, but but yeah, this was a surprising game. I, I like when I find games that we've never ever tried any of us. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of a treat, even if it was a turd. It's, it's fun to try a new turd.
2: And uh, I'll be honest, even though I hadn't heard of it, you know, just kind of looking at it, this was not the game that I thought I was going to play when I turned it on. Because, you know, looking looking at the back or, or the pictures on the internet or whatever, I imagine on the back of the box as well, uh, this looks like a, a sort of uh, overhead action RPG, you know, something like Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was I was looking at the pictures like, oh man, this looks pretty neat. You know, this kind of looks like my game. And then you get in, and it's this weird breakout pinball game <laughs> of all the of all the things to combine uh, into a, one game, top down sort of RPG with breakout and pinball mechanics. Oh yeah! I mean, whoever whoever hecked is, they had a a, a heck of an idea with this. Oh boy! Yeah, I, I beat <laughs> you all to it. Um, I, I, for me, we'll, we'll, I, I don't know, but, uh, I think, uh, I think you guys actually enjoyed it a good deal. I did. Oh yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for a, a gimmick in a game. Um, and especially when, uh, they kind of mesh a couple of different types of games together. I have loved when Nintendo has put out their, uh, you know, like the, the Mario pinball, the Metroid pinball, um, Sonic, you know, we did spin ball a while back. Um, I guess fucking pinball is one that's easy to adapt to pretty much anything. Uh, but yeah, this is basically—if you looked at a screenshot, like Jeremy said—it uh, just looks like uh, a link to the past. Uh, it's it's that same kind of view. I I, I dare say, kind of similar looking sprites for characters. Um, but yeah, but then you get to playing it, and your weapon is is useless against enemies. The weapon you have is this this ball of light that is bouncing all around the stage sometimes not bouncing quite the same way twice as we'll talk about uh and you instead of swinging at enemies are swinging at it and as it bounces around it either destroys blocks ahead of you or it takes out enemies and uh we'll talk more about just how you control it and and just uh, it, it's it's intricate it, it's not just a let's hit the button over and over again to keep this thing going as a matter of fact as we'll well, talk as we go on you kind of have to pull double duty on this one if you're going single player and and control two individuals right it's it's
0: i mean it does have that pinball mechanic in that you know you're hitting a ball uh-huh. from the bottom to the top and then gravity slowly pulls it back down i mean sort of gravity but that's like a pinball game but it's a lot more like a breakout mm-hmm. uh, because you are destroying blocks every level has you destroying blocks to either you know get to the top of the level uh, which there'll be an exit or a doorway, or you clean out a bunch of blocks to hit certain targets to open the door. Like mm-hmm. Everything you need to do is, is done by a breakout mechanic, but instead of being stuck at the bottom of the screen moving left and right like a, a paddle or a pong paddle on those, you have two characters. Now, your main character is the fire striker. Uh, you're, you're the uh, the, the, the story in this game, I'll get to in a second, only because I had to write it all down. I could not find a manual <laughs> for this game, so everything I know about it is from playing the game and from a game fact. I, I try normally to find the actual manual to see, like, is this intelligible with the manual or is it just totally a mystery? Uh, I have no idea in this case. But uh, So your main character is the Fire Striker. He can move around the screen. That, that's what you do with the, the D-pad. You move that character around the screen. You have uh, a regular attack button that makes your character like spin around, and essentially you're a mobile pinball paddle or a mobile mm-hmm. uh, breakout paddle but you have to hit the button at the right time so it's more like pinball in that aspect um it will then bounce in the direction that you're pushing the controller at that moment that's where i took me a long time to figure out mm. that it wasn't that it always went straight up and then for a while i was like oh well i want to hit it to the left or right or a diagonal up and down i couldn't time it right but you basically have to hit you know be moving in that direction when you hit the button and then it will shoot the ball in that direction even if the ball is somewhat behind where you think it would make sense if you were, like, a like an actual paddle hitting it in a direction. It's like, no, no, if you hit the button, no matter where it is, if you're pushing a direction, it goes in that direction. So it took me a little while to figure out that mechanic. But the second controller, or the second player that you are, uh, along with the Fire Strikers, you have, like, a helper mage that's at the bottom of the map, and he is much more like a regular breakout paddle. He goes left and right much, much slower, and you don't have to push the button. When the ball goes near him, he'll hit it on his own. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, you have to be careful because along with knocking blocks forward to, to get to the goal of the level, the ball will fall down towards the ground. And there are definite sections of the ground, and they're very obvious when you look at the map, where the there are some blocks at the bottom that are also breakable. So if the ball goes through those blocks enough times, it will break them, it falls out, and much like pinball, you immediately lose if the ball goes down the hole. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing. You know, that's why you have the mage a lot of the time is to kind of block up where it looks like those those panels are more damaged than others. When you're playing two-player, and I don't know if either of you tried that, one person plays the Fire Striker, one person plays the Mage, and both of you move fully around the screen. Mm. Uh, and it makes it, uh, for the smaller levels, it makes it really easy in a lot of ways. It makes it really fun. In the bigger levels, the camera kind of follows whoever the last person that hit the ball was. The fire, they, the yeah. Trial Light is the name of the ball. Uh, so it makes it really hard sometimes to keep track of where you are because eventually if the other person hits, like they run up to the north North of the screen, the top of the screen, and they hit the ball real hard up. The thing will, the whole camera will move up, and you lose track of the second character completely.
3: Yeah. So,
0: it, but it's not bad. It still will be fun uh, to play two-player co-op in this, I suppose.
1: But it really seems like it would still be kind of in your best interest to keep somebody down at the bottom. Uh, so, I mean, you have hearts on here. You have life. You can take a certain number of hits, but the ball also, you know, the goal is to get it up top. But the goal is also not to let it fall through the bottom. Uh, if you do, it's just a, it's an instant death. Right. It's an instant um, death that I, I did not get a chance to play with two, but I, I think the, the the strategy would be probably to keep somebody down there.
0: It is on this again. The smaller levels it makes sense. On the bigger levels, you have to kind of play. You know, offense defense, where the defense stays towards the bottom, but you can't just mm-hmm. stay towards the wall because then you're effectively not playing at all. You can't yeah. see your character. You're not doing anything. No, when the ball comes back down your way, great, but you have to hope you're on the right side of the screen. Mm. Um, uh, the screens scroll up and down. They don't scroll left and right. So. The you know the farthest left you can touch on the screen the farthest right you can touch the screen that's as far as you need to worry about so that's mm-hmm. that's good uh, you know it doesn't make those two player levels impossible but you definitely end up end up either you know kind of running back and forth as much as you can or leave someone at the bottom knowing that you're going to play about half the time.
2: Um, I was going to ask like if you guys if that happened to you like getting stuck at the top of the screen because that actually happened to me a couple of times <clears throat> and I wasn't even playing co op like I I would my my strategy for playing this game which there was zero nuance for, for how I was playing this game was to just get up to the top and get that ball of light up there and just jam on the button and just Mm. hit every single block that's up there and and hope for the best. (laughs) But there would be times where like, uh, it it would go back past me and go back to the bottom of the screen and the camera, instead of following me where I'm, it follows the, the ball or the, the, whatever the light. And it it followed that back down to the bottom of the screen. And that would just, I, I was stuck at the top of the screen, I couldn't actually get back down. Huh. And and I had to have a, a couple of times where I, I, there was a couple of times where I could, was able to use the wizard to bounce it back up mm-hmm. and get it off something. So I could see myself and get, get back down. Uh, yeah. But there was a couple of times I just had to reset. Like it, it happened a, a, more than a couple of times. And, and I didn't know if that was something that was common. If I was just doing something wrong, I was just playing the game wrong. I don't know, but it definitely happened a, a few times with me.
0: I think if that's your strategy that's probably what you were doing wrong. Uh, a lot of the levels yes the goal is just to shoot the ball up, you know, towards the top of the screen eventually breaking enough blocks where you can get out of a hole in the top of the screen, but the one the levels with doors the levels with objectives, if you did that as your strategy, especially with the doors, uh, you're not going to get through the level as easily. When you have a level mm. that ends with a door at the top, when you hit the door with the trial light, it bounces back hard and it bounces back in a weird angle. And it's almost no chance you're going to be able to get off two or three shots real quick, like bouncing it back and forth. Like a basketball, you have to just kind of hit it once and then run back down, hit it once, and run back down and keep trying to time it. Right. At least that was the, yeah. the, what
2: I found with those
0: doors uh, on those levels.
2: Um, I did not play this game. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> I will be the first to first to admit that I just, I did not play this game correctly. I'm, Full disclosure, I am terrible at Breakout. I'm terrible at pinball games. Um, I just – I there's something about them. There's just something about them that I cannot – that my brain just can't deal with when I'm playing it because it's just – I see what I want to do and I know where I want the, the yeah. ball or, or the thing to go. And it, there's always sort of this – I don't know if it's random or what. But if it doesn't go where I want it to go, then it really kind of bothers me and I don't know why. Mm. And uh it it I almost kind of get this weird anxious feeling because I, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but it, it's not going where I want it to go. Yeah. And when I play video games i I want to hit the button and I want to know that it's going to go where where I know it's going to go.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know if this makes this sounds like a crazy person talking, but with pinball and breakout games, unless you master master that stuff, which I, I never could. It just always seemed random to me. And that's kind of how a lot of this game felt. So yes, I because of that, I, I just never was able to to get it down as to how I needed to be hitting that light up to the top of the screen or around it. It just always seemed like I was, every time I would hit it, even if I was walking in that direction, it just seemed like it wouldn't quite go where I wanted it to go. And eventually it got to the point where it, it bothered me so much I I had to quit. I,
1: I don't know if that's just you. Um I'm not trying to make you, you know, feel more normal at all. That's that's extra- extraordinarily odd. <laughs> no, we're all we're all judging you. We're we're far but, past uh, that point. That, you know, I'm I'm aware. <laughs> but no, I, I, I've got to say, and this I guess uh, is my my biggest complaint of the game. is the ball. Uh, you know, when you play pinball, you kind of get uh, an idea for the 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 physics surrounding it, the, the kind of the weight of it. Uh, how it's going to bounce when you hit it, you know, in this particular spot, uh, and and you know, breakout. I think is a lot is, is similar. Uh, you know, depending on the speed it's moving, you know, hey, if I hit it at this angle, it's going to go here, or it's going to uh, it's going to slow down if I do this, or it's going to speed up. I, I found that sometimes this game adhered to a, a, yeah, a strict. Uh, rules and and physics for this for the you know for the ball you're you're knocking around and then sometimes it kind of abandoned it and the thing would take a bizarre bounce or the the speed would uh when you thought the thing was gonna pick up would 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 slow down but just a a, a lot of things where there was kind of that mind of its own aspect to it every now and then and and it really threw me off on more than one occasion um and i found myself a lot of times just kind of Angrily swinging at it, trying to get it to to behave in the manner that that I assumed it was going to, uh, based on you know prior experience in the game. Uh, so no, I, I think a little bit of, a little bit of it is frustrating. I don't feel like this is something that you can really master like hundred percent of the time uh, it's not something where you can call your shot every time because I think it is going to misbehave every now and then and it's it's gonna fly off on its in its own direction
0: well if you're hitting it directly you know when you're hitting it off yourself it's pretty I had less of a problem with a short range hit you know mm. it goes eight cardinal directions really you're only really firing the three directions that matter and you know up and left straight up or up mm. and right I mean you could hit it left and right but there's except for some of the specific target levels there's no reason to do that most of the time you're just hitting mm-hmm. it up and and trying to hit a certain thing and um and I didn't have a problem with short range but when it got longer it was like i guess to to pretend it has gravity because obviously there's no there's no gravity it's a video game it would Mm kind of have this weird hang where the when it got to the top of of whatever the apex was if it didn't hit anything it would kind of hang and then slowly fall back down uh where if it hit something either a block or enemies on the screen because there are enemies all over the screen as well we didn't really mention that but but it's not just you know blocks there are enemies that fly around some of them home on you uh some Mm -hmm. of them come right for your guy some have their own shots that come to you uh later on there are guys that shoot Things that look exactly like the trial light, causing it to be very confusing to figure out where your actual ball is, which is a treat. Um, but that, you know, when they hit other things, that's when the ball goes, I don't want to say goes crazy, but the bounces off of enemies, off of certain blocks, off of treasure chests, sometimes they don't make sense. Like, it will they'll hit it at an angle where if it was a, a ball, they would bounce back at the same, like, in the same direction, the opposite direction, but, the you know, the same angle. But instead, it goes, like, straight down or up sometimes, like... The way it bounces is definitely weird, especially off of enemies or off of like shots and things. And yes, the speed's all over the place. If you, Again, if it's just you hitting blocks, it seems to be fine. As soon as you hit another enemy or even the, the walls on the side, the speed goes mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, thankfully, again, since you have that second character at the bottom, you can move back and forth uh, to block the ability to fall straight down. That stops a lot of your deaths. Um, you do have, uh, like, as you mentioned before, Billy, you have six hit points you start with. Mm-hmm. Um, you can earn more total hit points to get seven or eight, nine hearts instead of six uh, by beating bosses. And you'll find these like heart chests like every other game ever made. Uh, you can also find as you're killing enemies or in the treasure chests in the levels, you'll get just life refills. So if you get hurt, you can get some life back. Uh, you have three lives. Uh, and you can find a fair amount of extra lives in the treasure chest. They look like stars. It took me forever to figure out that's what those were. Uh, they will give you extra lives, but you can only have three lives at once. You can't stock a whole bunch of lives. You have a, a total of three, and then if you get another extra life at three, it's just points. And hooray, who cares about that? Uh, the other mm-hmm. thing you get from these treasure chests and from some of the enemies is power blocks. Now, power blocks give you one of three. Um, you have like one of three power up counters at the bottom and what the power blocks let you do is you use one of your other buttons i want to say it's y and you'll shoot a shot in the same direction you would shoot a normal shot but it's super strong and it actually breaks several things in a row instead of bouncing back Uh, a lot of the time especially when you get to some of the levels where you're just supposed to get out of a hole at the top of the level you can get down to the last run of blocks and just use a power shot and shoot yourself straight out if you can aim it in the right direction uh, to save yourself a lot of time. Power blocks do not seem to do extra damage to bosses, and they do not seem to do extra damage to doors, but uh, but for the purpose of clearing out areas or, or getting through the last couple blocks to get out of a section, they're actually pretty great. And every time you use one of those, it takes away one of your power block, uh, icons at the bottom, and you can only get more by finding them in boxes. Uh, I didn't die too often at all from hit points. I mean, it definitely happened on some of the bosses because I was being careless, but it was, it was the second way you can die, where if the blocks fall from the bottom and, uh, and your ball gets out, that's where I lost most of the lives I lost playing this game. I'd be doing really good, and all of a sudden it would just be two bad hits on the left side, and all of a sudden, it you know, doesn't matter if I had 20 hearts. Who cares? You, it goes down, you immediately die, and you have to continue right from there.
2: That was, about, uh, that was mainly the, the way I died as well, because most of the time I wasn't really paying attention to those blocks down there, especially during boss battles. Um it, it just seemed like, you know, it only takes a couple of hits uh, from, from anything to, to destroy those blocks that are at the bottom of the screen that you're, you're, the mage is supposed to be protecting, that you can kind of move around. And at some point, it, once I did notice it, like you said, you know, I, I kind of positioned the mage to, to stand over the blocks uh, that were gone. Uh, but there were definitely a few times where, like, I just lost track that they were even, uh, that they had been destroyed because it, they don't really do a, I mean... I guess they do, maybe I'm just not paying attention to it, but it just didn't seem like it was. It, it alerted you that these things were gone as well as maybe it should have, because there were times where uh, it, the the ball would just go go through it, and I'd be like, oh shit, I didn't even know those blocks were gone.
0: Well, what I like the most about this game is when you do lose a life, the king will tell you what a failure you are, which is nice, I do enjoy Yes. That. Every time you lose a <laughs> life, they tell you how bad you are. Uh, at at uh, like I, I can't, let me see if I can get the exact and my phone is not here so I will not but uh, <laughs> I took a picture of it it's on our Instagram page you can find it at retrovania.net so yeah the, every time you lose the king will tell you how bad you are and then when you can when you have more lives you'll just get to start right back at that room at the start of that room uh, so you will lose any progress you made in the room but if if a level and there are there's like an overworld map that leads to each level each level is like three or four screens tall so at least mm-hmm. you'll be on the same screen if you lose all your lives you do have five continues. Uh, and when you continue you start you have to start at the beginning of the level so any any levels you've fully cleared uh, will will be cleared but you have to start again you know if it's one of five you start back at one of five you don't get to start at the second room yeah. Uh, The story of the game is incredibly simple. Uh, I took this directly from the... Loading. You know, when you, when you load the game up and it shows you the story, uh, but when you don't touch the start button, this is the story that's there. And I'm going to read it out because it's only like two paragraphs long, and it's incredibly generic, but, uh, but it does kind of tell you what the point of the game is. So, long ago, the four kingdoms of wind, water, fire, and earth ruled the world. But there's a weapon that ruled over the four kingdoms, the triolite, which is the ball, a weapon created by the archmage Wild. The one who possessed it can unite and rule over the four kingdoms, and the one who can re- wield the triolite is known as the fire striker. Each kingdom chose a champion to complete for the Trialite, and the Kingdom of Wind won. And the four kingdoms were united, but it was the beginning of a nightmare. Archmaid Wilde was not satisfied with peace. He conjured four monsters to overthrow the world, and the four monsters loosed upon the world a beast that could turn humans to storn that's what it actually says. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be stone, but it's S T O R N. Uh, finally, only the Kingdom of Wind remained, fighting alone against Wild's monsters. Uh, the only thing that could hurt the monsters is Wild's Triolite. So his own weapon will work against him, and only one Fire Striker is left, which is your character, Slater, the Fire Striker of the Wind. So the King of the Wind summons you to his castle, and that's where the game starts. It actually, you know, when you start the game, you're like, oh, this can be like a cool role playing game with all these other like there's all these kingdoms and things to do. But no, they, I mean, <laughs> yes, it's essentially breakout. But the the overworld that you see when you, you go talk to the King, there's an overworld map. It's basically just a path like a, Mar- a Super Mario World map. Yeah. You know what I mean, like it's not yeah. like you can wander around. It's OK, I clear this level. So now it open up three more paths and I can go to the end of that path. And there's a, a series of fights. So uh, there's 13 or 14 sets of levels in the game. Uh, you need to go to all of them to finish the game before you can go to the last area where wild is you have to fit take back the temples of air earth wind and fire uh air since that's where you started and you are the champion of uh of wind i'm sorry not air uh the champion of wind you don't have to do anything other than go you know go to the temple fight the first boss uh which uh the boss of air is spell who looks like a big tiger Um, Mm -hmm. the bosses are neat because they're they're big they all they're all fit on one screen so you don't have to run around and scroll the screen but they all have different attacks Um, but they all kind of have the same mechanic which is you can see a part of them that glows or flashes and you're supposed to hit them with the trial light and some of those are incredibly difficult to do consistently because what i found with a lot of the bosses is when you hit them once they shoot the ball straight back down to the bottom as fast as possible so if you Mm. don't have someone there to defend the bottom uh, yes. Or your mage in the right spot; those bosses will destroy the blocks quickly and kill you almost instantly. Uh, that is, that, pain is in the the, ass.
1: Uh, that, that is the that source of the majority of my deaths in this game. Yes, uh, is that very maneuver. I, I mean, I found the stages getting to the bosses to there weren't many stages that I got caught up on, um, but the the bosses themselves. It's just that it's that bit I really didn't have any trouble hitting the part of them that you needed to strike, but it was that. And it it just got incredibly frustrating. Um, And it's every boss. Every one of them does it. Everyone just kind of just projectile, just cannonballs that thing down towards the bottom of the screen. And uh, uh, that is a great source of frustration in this game. Um, and, And I guess I'm just not quick enough. Maybe two players, that would be a little easier uh but when you're you know you're trying to control your fellow up top and the guy down there at the bottom it's just it's hard that was just kind of a a thing that i've never been
2: good at in a game is is being able to control two things at the same time like Mm -hmm. i would literally i don't know if you're just supposed to keep moving this guy around or what but i would just park them him in a certain spot that i thought he would be useful in and I, i know that People's probably tired of hearing me be, uh, explain how bad I am at this game. <laughs> I'm sure there's you guys played this way, way better than I did. Um, but I- any time I had to actually start controlling him and doing what I was also doing on the stream, screen as the Fire Striker, uh, I just... it. it I couldn't do it. I I don't know. Like, I I just don't think I used the the magician as effectively as you're supposed to in in Mm. those situations, Uh, because, yes, those bosses do just jam that thing right back down to the screen. And if you're not ready for it, uh, which I usually wasn't that, you know, that's usually the end. Yeah,
0: I wasn't great with the mage. A lot of the times I would use him to kind of make sure that, you know, if there were openings on the left and right at the bottom, I had him on one and I would guard the other. Uh, for boss fights but even then it was like you can't hit the boss where you need to from the very bottom you have to move up and do a little bit of maneuvering or dodging of uh, fireballs or whatever the things you know the boss is shooting at you or uh, so so you couldn't just sit still on two sides Mm -hmm. and hope you're going to beat it so there were definitely times where and uh, I mean that's, that's definitely how I died the most is at during boss fights specifically the last boss fight where I would die solely from that and that was I mean it's not cheap. I I mean, because it's not like anything will one hit it and immediately break through it and that's over. You you can see it had they all the blocks at the bottom have two or three hits worth of damage before they go away. But man, you could be doing the best run ever. And and all of a sudden, you know, have the boss level like one hit point left and you're not paying attention and boom, out the door, even if you have a full life, that's it. Start the fight over again. It mm-hmm. it definitely is very frustrating. Uh but but not impossible. I mean, this was not a game I had a whole lot of problem getting through. Like Billy said, the levels themselves are not hard. They were interesting i didn't get bored with them they're all short enough and and a lot of them have you know one of three goals either it's get out of the the, the hole at the top or break a door at the top or in some mm-hmm. cases it's you know there are five torches hit all five torches, and it opens a door for you i mean it's it's all pretty straightforward on what to do um What I did die from that I thought was fairly cheap is if you go to a section like a level and you can't actually finish the level because there are you're not the only champion uh that can use the tri light you know both uh since since you're the champion of air water earth and fire all had their own champions you have to save them before you can finish their temples and for example the water temple i went to and as soon as you go into it you're underwater and it says like hey without the water champion you're going to drown and slowly you just watch your life take away and there's no way to leave Mm -hmm. that room early other than letting yourself die but that's dying so (laughs) you can either sit there and try to get through it even though you're going to drown or you can just let the Trilite hit the bottom and get you out but either way you have to go to another area to find the champion of water and find the champion of earth and find the champion of fire to finish those levels uh now most of the time you have to go through the area they're at anyway so you're not going to miss them necessarily but if you did or if you didn't pick them to use because when you start every level it says you know pick your champion and at first it's just you but you can pick the others once you earn them and you need them for certain stages you'll get to a door like uh, at the end of a section, and all of a sudden it's like, you can't open this door without Garum, and he's the Earth uh, champion. So you have to go find him, make sure you have him selected as your active champion, and then go back to that level. Not mm-hmm. big problems, but I did drown a few times. I did start a level I couldn't finish a few times. And I don't know how much you played with the other champions at all, but other than when you needed to. Um, the fire champion who's like a bird, and the water champion are, are fine. But that Earth champion, the big golem, he looks really cool, but he is so slow. Mm. I died several times on his levels just with the stuff at the bottom breaking just because I couldn't get anywhere fast enough, and my mage was not big enough to cover that area. He was frustrating. If if I had to complain anything about this game mechanically, it's that you have to use this incredibly slow turd after learning the rest of the game with with characters that are are fast enough to kind of get you where you need to be. But this guy was like just slogging through the level, and so you just Mm -hmm. watch the ball fly right outside of his, his range and go right through the bottom of the floor. Uh, yeah. Just, just very, very frustrating. So I, I, know that I finished this game, and I, I, did you finish this game, Billy?
1: I did. I got this one. Uh, I got this one finished up. It's, it's not a lengthy game, uh, by any means. Uh, especially at the stages. I feel like you can, you can kind of get through those pretty steadily. Um, and the bosses. Yeah, there's a, a cheap aspect to it that we talked about. Uh, but it's, it's not something that's going to have you hung up forever. I, I did get through this one. Um. Yeah, I mean it's it's satisfying enough. The ending, I guess, standard uh, Super Nintendo fare as far as that goes. What about you, Jeremy? Uh,
2: I I did not <laughs> surprise, uh, but I, I do really appreciate it for being a a, a really interesting fusion of. Mm-hmm. Game types that I would have never thought that, that would be in the same game. And it, it does it pretty well. I mean, there's definitely problems with the the physics and things like that. Um, but I think I would have actually enjoyed this as a kid, especially with co-op. Yeah. Uh, because it's just, it's such a neat concept. You know, the, you, there's really nothing else out there like this uh, as far as just how it's presented and things like, you know, just being this, this weird action RPG breakout pinball game uh, that no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, and you'd expect it to just be terrible based on all of that. Uh, but, for you know, even though I'm not very good at these types of games, I can still at least appreciate that what I played was was it was well made. I'm just I'm just not good at these kind of games.
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, a you would immediately be concerned by the fact that, you know, we talked about how, you know, all three of us were, were well into video games and this one just went right by us. Uh, that would that would cause a little concern. But it's just, it's a very, it's a smaller company that made it, but it's very competently made. Uh, And I think, like Jeremy just said, aside uh, from the the small physics issues here and there, uh, which obviously weren't enough to to turn me away, um, you got a good game here. You got a a combination of games that I really, you have a pairing I would not have thought about um, or, or ever thought I would see in a game. Uh, let alone combination that I thought would really work. Uh, it it kind of sounds, sounds a on the boring side uh, on paper. Uh, here's these enemies, and you can't attack them. You hit the ball around, and, and that's how you beat them. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like it grabs you, but I, I really enjoyed this one. I, I had a good time with it uh, from beginning to end. Uh, the little frustrations I did experience with it uh, I, were minor, Uh, they were minor and 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 i like that uh the different areas that kind of varied um i I wish there was maybe a little more uh room to room to roam i think the the map was a little deceptive when i first saw it i thought maybe it was going to be an open type thing but uh but not really it's 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 uh, very linear uh and the the addition of new characters you can unlock I, i also enjoyed um See, so yeah, I, this game has a lot going for it. Um, it's 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 a shame that it's kind of it's it's definitely a diamond well in the rough. Hey, the only
0: the only other thing I really want to mention is it did. I, I know none of us played two player for real. I tried it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know when you turn the game on along with one player and two player, there's something that says multi mode. This is one of the games that used the multi tap or super multi tap or whatever it was called <laughs> on the Super <laughs> Nintendo, um, and. I did try it just to see. I hooked up, you know, another controller to to play it two player to see what multi mode is. It actually is the kind of game that is such a mindless dumb multiplayer game like, uh, yeah. that, like a that you play for hours, this, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, it's it's not even soccer cuz instead basically you've got uh, the map is smaller and let's say it's a uh, like a try like a a diamond, right? So you have one person on each side of the diamond, and you basically have to hit the firelight, uh, the tri-light back and forth. You'll break the blocks on the outside, and then every time you touch the, the tri you get knocked back a little bit. Normally that doesn't happen in the regular game, but in the multi-mode it does. So the mm-hmm. idea is to smash the opponents and the other blocks of the tri-light to knock them out like sumo wrestling. Mm. And it actually was pretty fun looking. I mean, again, I played against myself, so I won. But it was it's the kind of game that is is—it's so simple and so dumb that I would have played that for hours with people yeah. had I owned it. I mean, I, I love a good, you know, simple, anyone can pick it up and play it kind of multiplayer battle game. And this was one that, you know, I think I, I wish I would have tried this when I had people that used to come over all the time when we would play, you know, hours of uh, Choo Choo Rocket and all these other games on people in my house. This would have been a lot of fun with Super Bomberman and, and Mario
2: Kart. I just, I, it's a neat game. I mean, that's really all I can say about it. It's just, it sound, it, if, you, if you've never heard of this and you're, you're like us, you haven't. Uh, I mean, it's it's just, it's a really neat game to just go, go out there and, and find, it's it's expensive as hell, so I don't really recommend maybe buying it. Uh, but if you know, if you, if your friend can maybe find it on your your Super NES Classic or, you know, find a way to get that on there for you, uh, then I I think it's definitely a game that's worth playing because it's just a really strange game. One of the stranger games we've ever covered on this Mm -hmm. podcast, Uh, especially for a a Super NES game. I I just can't get over how strange this game is and and, and for how good it is for being this strange because like we've said before, this should just be a train wreck of a game, but somehow it's not.
0: Yeah, no, it's quite good, and and I always enjoy finding new games that none of us have played. Uh, And sometimes, even when they're bad, it's good. But when it's good, it's even better. So that's our Wait. thoughts on fire striker a game none of us have played uh, which is kind of a shame i think it would have been a, a much more popular game if people had actually heard of it um and, and you know as we mentioned last episode going forward we're not going to tell you the game that we're going to cover on our next episode so all i can tell you about the next game we're going to cover is it's a genesis action game uh that has a few issues and we're going to come up with a, as a panel and we're going to draw some conclusions on our thoughts so that'll give you some hints on the next game wow. we're going to cover on, uh, on Retrovaniacs. And I apologize to everyone for that. Uh, but do we have, from our amazing online form, mm. some listener questions?
2: Boy, do we. We actually, we've got three today. Uh, again, if you would like to send us some questions, uh, and, and just maybe don't be crazy. Go to Retrovania.net, scroll all the way down to the bottom. We've got a contact form. Maybe you've heard of them. You can just fill that out. It takes maybe four seconds, depending on what you want to write. I mean, if it's long, it may take longer. But if you just spout out some random craziness, like what that mouth do, um, Mm. we probably won't answer that one. But still, hit the send it in, and we'll probably read it. And today we have a few questions. And the first is from Enrique. Enrique. And he asks, I recently have decided to play games from the Metal Gear series for the first time. I have no idea why I've never picked one up. So my question is, which Metal Gear game would be a great one to start with for a first-time player of the series? I know Jeremy has been all over these games lately, so I'll throw this one out there to him.
0: Uh, I actually think, even though it's the one we covered, I would say Metal Gear Solid is probably the best one to start with. Um, I enjoyed Metal Gear Solid 2, but I think I wouldn't have had I not played the first uh, hmm. As much, I think by the end it it redeemed itself, but I don't think it was as interesting to play through at first. Um, Metal Gear Solid Three was great. I I don't know if I can say I'd recommend you just start with that, although you don't need to know anything from the previous Metal Gears. But I think there's a lot of things that it it helps to have played them to understand some of the story pieces, uh, but as far as playing the game itself, uh, the 3 is fine, but I would actually go with the original Metal Gear Solid, and and mm. on that topic, actually, you know, I, I complain that I'm not going to get to play Metal Gear Solid 4 because it's a PS3 exclusive, and I don't have one, but I just bought one. Uh, I know. bought one off eBay solely so that I could play uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 and Demon Souls and then I'll probably download everything I bought on my Vita that transfers to both and just play PS1 games on it but hey I'm excited to get to play Metal Gear Solid 4 on a new system but yeah I'd go with Metal Gear Solid 1 uh, anyone have any other games they think would be better than
1: that? Oh no you'd have to because um, uh, if you try to skip you can't this isn't a series where you can skip uh, if you want to jump straight into 3 you you're gonna, there's going to be some damn head scratching uh, even as someone that, that faithfully played through the series they're still fucking head scratching i'm still wondering what the hell is going on half the time i can only imagine if you if you skipped out on the previous games um i think you can you can uh graciously you you should be happy that you can skip the nes offerings i believe um even though even those uh, the first that first nes game kind of ties into the the fifth uh metal gear solid um but Yeah, I, I think this is one of those you to get the full appreciation like you said you got to start from the beginning. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 and then and then work your way up from there. I don't think it's one that you can really skip around and still still know what's going on. I I
2: would agree. I mean, the first one holds up incredibly well for a PlayStation game. It's still very playable and it looks decent. Uh, you know, it, it it's not going to be the, the most amazing looking game, uh, but still, you know, for its time and and what, you know, how terribly some of those games have aged from the PlayStation, uh, I think Metal Gear, the, the original Metal, Metal Gear Solid has has aged really well, and it's a, mm-hmm. it's a perfect place to, to start. Uh, I'm with Billy. I don't think you really need to play uh, the older games. I mean, right. if you want to get into modern me- Metal Gear, maybe think of those as just something that's off to the side that you could play uh, f- for story purposes if you wanted to, to, to kind of fill in a few things, but... You know, unless you're just really wanting to go go hard with retro gaming and play those those original Metal Gear games on the NES, uh, I mean, go for it. But if you're just starting and you want to get the more modern take on Metal Gear, I, I would definitely start with the, the PlayStation original. Okay, let's get on to the next next question. And this one comes from Patrick and the subject i'm gonna read this because you know of course oh my god this is the coolest contact form i have ever seen ah, I, knew it. Several, I knew several several of those letters were in, in all caps so you know i'm just saying uh, it ain't just me guys all right <laughs> but seriously love the podcast and two questions did you guys build code this website yourself speaking of retrovania.net if you guys were to play uh, the second question if you guys were to play Mario Kart 64 what character are you to, what what character would you pick and also who would win the races most out of all of you? Uh, for the first question, I guess uh, yes the the <laughs> there's not much to that website retrovania.net. Before that we had a, a much larger website that had a lot more content. Uh, but this one it's just very basic it, it, yes it was it was an original thing but I cannot take credit. For the, the contact form, that was just one of those things that you could stick mm. in there. Um, so yes, the best thing about the entire site is something that, that we cannot take credit for. Uh, but uh, for Mario Kart 64, what, what do you guys think?
1: Well, I mean, I, it, the, the who would win is obvious. Um, I mean, I've all I've done is demonstrate it time and time again. that I, I See, this is the thing where I don't believe in myself in anything. <laughs> Nothing at all, uh, except when it comes to Mario Kart. I think it's my that it's the only thing in the world I'm good at. It's the only talent of any sort I have, um, and I I feel pretty confident. Uh, the 64 version was my jam for a long time, and uh, I mean I've 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 whipped everybody on the Wii and Wii U over the years. But I think even if we went back to the 64, I, I would I would fare well. Uh, not to say I wouldn't be up against some, some stiff competition though. Um, but I've always, and always aired towards the heavier characters, uh, Donkey Kongs or Bowsers. I, I would pick Bowser, um, because I, I, that's, that's what I like in my Mario Kart games. That slow acceleration, uh, but the, the solid handling and that, that top speed, um, Cause, I mean, uh, yeah, coming out of the gate, you are going to be lagging behind. Uh, if you're up front when it first starts, you're going to drop back to fourth or fifth. But uh, you don't hit any walls. You don't get hit with anything. If you're allowed to reach your top speed, uh, you can just barrel through everybody else. And with the larger characters, uh, if you bump into somebody, you're going to get the better end of that deal. Um, so, yeah, I always went for a heavier character. And in 64, I picked Bowser most of the time. Um, Donkey Kong, if Bowser was, was otherwise picked. Uh, but I find a lot of people lean towards the smaller characters. They, they I think they, they like that initial speed you get early on. Um, I, I don't mind waiting a minute to pick up that top speed.
0: I am not uh, great at Mario Kart. Uh, I'm good enough. I mean, I play my children and win, but that doesn't say much. I mean, I can get golds against the computer, but again, that's that's easy. Uh, playing against other people, I'm never that good. I'm not a master of drifting or any of those other things. Uh, that said, I would always pick Donkey Kong because Donkey Kong is cool. He was mm-hmm. not in the previous Mario Karts up until then. That's the first one he was in. Before that, it was just Diddy Kong, I think. So I would have played, uh, played Donkey Kong any time I could. Otherwise, it wouldn't matter, and I would probably come in like fourth or fifth on a good race. I am, I'm not good. Uh, I'm not a master of Mario Kart. I did not put time into it uh, like that.
2: Uh, for me, I was mostly mostly a Yoshi guy um, mm-hmm. because I just like Yoshi. I, I don't know that that was just that always seemed like the the, the character to choose for me. Well, on I the, mean, that's on
1: the- that's a nice middle of the road. He's kind of average in all all categories.
2: Yeah, and I just I always enjoyed playing as him, mm-hmm. uh, but I I will say that uh, it's I, I would probably give the edge to Billy in, in this. I mean, I do play Mario Kart a good deal, but there's just something something about Billy. And, and playing Mario Kart, uh, that, that brings out, I, I guess, the worst and the best uh, of Billy.
1: I go to um, a dark place.
2: Yeah, basically, because... One day, is... I,
1: one day I won't come back.
2: <laughs> we, uh, not too long ago, a, a couple of years ago, when Mario Kart came out on the Wii U, we, we actually had several, several weekends where we just had Mario Kart nights, um, with, with several of us playing. And I remember my girlfriend at the time, she was, uh, the first time we did this, she had never actually played Mario Kart besides, you know, playing with kids and stuff like that. And she was always like, how could you be competitive in this game? It's just a, <laughs> a game for babies. And I was like, well, just wait. Just wait until, until we, we play it. And she was pretty – I mean, she definitely knew how to play. She knew how to drift and, and do things like that. But she wasn't prepared for the – just how crazy people that get really competitive at Mario Kart get – And that first night we played, it was Billy and several of of my very, very hardcore friends that have been playing Mario Kart at the top level for for years. And I want to say that it was one of those nights that just kind of scarred her for life. Because (laughs) to see what what grown men can do with, with a game made for children and just how cutthroat and, and murderous the, these people could be uh, was, was almost life-changing. And she's still, to this day, anytime she goes to a, a friend's house and they want to play Mario Kart, she's she's prepared for the worst. Uh, but she, I don't think she's ever seen anything quite like what, what Billy wrought upon us and, and several other people uh, it's, when it's, we did those Mario Kart nights.
1: It's not child's play. In the least. I... That's something I, I think. I think Nintendo's the one that has cornered that experience of, of grown men yelling at cartoon at, car, at cartoonish visuals on the screen and and little green dinosaurs and just in screaming obscenities at them. Uh, but, but yeah, there's something about Mario Kart. I, I don't. I, I was never in sports uh, growing up. Uh, I would play the occasional round of basketball I, I never you know i've never been on team sports or anything like that I, I'm not competitive in my my workplace or or anywhere uh, but there's just something something cuts on when I when I play Mario Kart and, and I wish I could harness it and no offense guys but if if I could have put that towards something that you know had some financial gain to it I wouldn't be here right now talking about fire striker and other <laughs> sort <assorted> of <laughs> games I uh, I would probably be paying somebody to play those games for me while I just sit down and watch but I don't know I just uh, man can only get so far with with Mario Kart skills and I, I plan to take it out on the road actually there's a a, uh, a arcade slash bar not too far from here that uh, has a Mario Kart tournament fairly often I will be. Dropping in, I've, I've located my old GameCube controller. Uh, it's the one that's slightly smaller than the the regular GameCube controller. Uh, I've been told I have dainty hands on occasion, um, but I'll be rolling in there to play a little Double Dash, which was the GameCube version. I'll have to keep you posted um, about any ensuing bar fights afterwards. <laughs> All right,
2: and our final question comes in from Terrence. And uh, he writes in to say, hey, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for being the thing I turn on most nights to wind down. And I hope you keep this up for a long while. Anyway, when I was a kid, it seemed like playing a game with my dad goes right along with all of the great memories I have with retro gaming. Hmm. Was that the same for all of you? Do you have any favorite memories playing with family members? Keep up the awesome work. So uh, so any, any good memories playing with family members?
1: Well, I don't know. I... Maybe put "good" in quotation marks, um, but first of all, I, I, I really appreciate hearing uh, the the compliments and that were are you know big part of somebody's routine, uh, helping them wind down in the evening. Um, but yeah, I uh, I guess the thing about it back then is my parents were actually big on video games before i even came around uh my my mother is a a, a world-class asteroid player on the atari apparently i I've, I've seen her demonstrated a little bit here and there uh she's something and, and my father just was was the kind of guy that would just go rent an old piece of shit he didn't care what it was he was somehow happy with any game he played um he's that way with movies now. I mean, this is the same guy that recommended, I uh, watch that movie Norbit one time. So he, he doesn't, you know, <laughs> no one has ever recommended Norbit. That's amazing. He's not too, uh, his, his, his go-to his review for everything is, Hey, how, Hey dad, how was that? Not bad. And you know, <laughs> Norbit got the not bad. And, uh, so his, his, you know, threshold for entertainment, it, it, it's, it's kind of low. It's a low bar. Um, but yeah, he just was was always into games, and I, I think that's where I got it from. Was uh, he was just so enthusiastic, uh, was you know picking up a new, new game and, and giving it a shot, and uh, he he was a big Atari man. We had the Coleco sitting around also, um, and I I think the Nintendo, I think the NES when it came home that year was was partly for me and partly for him because uh, he he clocked in some hours on that thing. And his game of choice for the longest time, and still to this day, I I can wrangle him into a game, was Contra. Just that first Contra. Something about that got hold of him. And it it was one of those things where I would get home from school. You know, he'd get home from work shortly after. And he was the one begging me to get on there. You know, come on, let's let's, let's play through. And and we do the 30 lives code. And he was the one that found out about that. He said, Hey, we got to try this. Um, and we would play through and it was, uh, and it was fun because we didn't have a lot of, uh, kind of common ground. You know, he was big on, on golf and, and things like that. And other things that were, were physical activities and being a, a, a child of size at that time, I, I wasn't so much for the whole standing up and walking around thing. Um, uh, so this is one of the few things we had. So I, I always enjoyed that time, uh, but at the same time, it mostly consisted of him not angry with me, but verbalizing our strategy in the game in the form of just yells. Um, a lot of time he would stand out in the front, and he would have me cover any enemies that you know that started to pop up from the back of the screen. And it would it would be him. It would be a, a brief silence and then him yelling out hey watch the back door but just but just ex- extremely loud uh he's he's just got one of those naturally angry loud voices to begin with even when he's not uh so th- just to have this uh to be sitting about a foot away from this this big you know grown man yelling hey watch the back door and and you know th- th- telling me to go get the spread gun and and Stay away from the damn laser and, and all that stuff, because a laser gun really is shitty. Um, but yeah, I, it was it was fun, but I, I stayed anxious the whole time, uh, and and that carried on. Like even when he wasn't saying anything, I was waiting for the you know for the next eruption. And to his credit, we whipped through there uh, on with thirty lives code. We get through, you know, just in a sit down. Uh, just a matter of time and we eventually worked our way to where we didn't use the 30 lives code anymore so something about that that conditioning he put me through it made me a better contract player so i uh i, I thank him for it i guess um but yeah i mean it, it was it was there are other games we got together to play but that was that was a big one and i think that's probably the case with a lot uh, of people with their their folks There was kind of that one game that you really kind of bonded over
0: we had an Intellivision when i was uh, when i was young that was my my dad's system i think but we we got mm-hmm. games for it later i remember playing games with him on that fair amount and maybe it was not that often in fact uh, when i bought the Intellivision flashback and i took it over to his house i was like look they have like utopia and sea battle and all these games we played when i was a kid he was like yeah that's great so i guess he didn't care about this experience oh. as much as me
1: uh, oh. but
0: but that's what got me into games is he wanted to play games like that and then he you know we also had games he didn't care as much about but i remember him playing the Space Armada, the knockoff Space Invaders that was on there, and Astro Smash, Mm -hmm. and all these games that him and I would play, you know, alternating, and uh, and that's what got me into games. But but pretty much after the Intellivision, his interest in video games uh, outside of computer games dropped off completely. I mean, we had the Nintendo. I think other than just like, hey, that's cool. You know, he never played that. He didn't care about anything past that. Uh, He did. He did get when we got our first computer. You know, he got. Civilization, and he's much more into strategy games. When, mm. uh, when Warcraft Two was, you know, we first like networked two computers together in my house. We we did play some Warcraft Two, so he still likes strategy games. He still plays Civilization, what six or whichever one they're on now. But uh, but he he lost interest pretty quickly. But uh, that is what got me into games, and I do play games with my kids now. I mean, they're they're only five and seven, so. Uh, they they're they're getting good at some games and there are games that we play like Smash brothers where we 'll just play on a team and have all the computer players in the other team and that that ends up being fun because they don 't really care that i 'm doing ninety percent of the work and, and i don't i don 't care that they're not doing anything uh, but we definitely have tried to play some some more I wouldn't go anything as far as Contra, but but more aggressive two player co op games, and and I sound uh, I'm a lot like your dad, I think, where mm. with the way I play mm. with them, which is probably not good, but uh, but I need to work on that. But yeah, I think it, it was a big reason why I got into games. I'm sure my kids are going to be way into games because of of me playing games with them now, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all.
2: Mm. No, it's it's not at all. I for me when I was when I was a kid, um. I, my first console was the NES, and my dad got it with his tax check. So I came in one day, and you know, we had an NES, and there was Top Gun, Castlevania. Oh I, I know. All right, he <laughs> got one out of two. All hey, right, Castlevania's you a good know. choice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I <laughs> and everyone had Top Gun, despite
0: that no one could refuel their jet. It was a fun game.
2: Oh goddamn, Top Gun! Uh, but anyway, those were the two games he got. You know, my dad was uh, I. I don't want to call him a gamer, but he really enjoyed playing games. He was never very good at them, but he always had fun with them. And it, it, I'm kind of like Billy. Uh, my my big memory with my dad was playing Contra a lot.
3: Mm.
2: And, you know, we it, it was kind of switched around because I always knew that I was better at my dad at video games, but he still enjoyed playing them with me. And, and that was something that I always appreciated. And, uh, you know, between, uh, you know, Contra, uh, we got pretty far. We got pretty far, even though my dad wasn't, wasn't the best at it. I think we, we could always kind of get to the second to the last stage, uh, just using regular lives and continues, which is no easy feat, uh, mm-hmm. especially for someone that, that really isn't that great at video games. Um, and, and we still played games together a lot because I didn't have any friends growing up. I literally had zero. Um, so, like, when the Super Nintendo came around, like, we, we really enjoyed playing Top Gear a racing game
3: mm.
2: uh, that was, uh-huh. you know, it was automatically two player at the same time split screen, because that's how this, the game was, even if you're playing by yourself. And, and that was really fun. That was just, it was so much fun. I had so many great memories of playing games like uh, uh, two player beat em ups, like uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtles and things like that with my dad. Um, until street fighter two came along. And I, I kind of, I didn't learn this. So this was more of a life lesson learned at the time. So when I finally got that, you know, that was kind of the first fighting game that we'd ever played. And I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm really good at this. You know, I'm, I played it in the arcade and things like that. So I knew how to do these like special moves and stuff like that. And so I sat down with my dad to play it for the first time. And I just whipped his ass. <laughs> I mean, I completely destroyed him. And I, I, Being a child, I was like, he's going to be so proud of me because I'm really good at this. You know, other games, it's never really come up because we weren't facing each other. We were playing together. And this one, it was the kind of it was versus. And for some reason, even though he's never been that great at video games before and I'd kind of carried him through the act of being like fighting each other and just destroying him made him so mad, Mm. so mad. It's the only time I have ever seen him throw a controller across the room. He stood after the like the fourth round of me just the horrible things I did to him as Dawson. Uh, <laughs> I, I I feel bad to about it to this day. Um, but you know who I, who who is his character? I think he was trying several. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, he's going back and forth because, and I just kept picking Dawson because, like I, you know, he's got those long legs. And at one point I remember him being like, these long fucking legs. And like, he just, he got so mad. And I had to fucking like, I was shocked because he threw the controller. And it was about that time that I realized as, as a child and and even going into adulthood, if you want people to enjoy playing video games with you, especially games like that, it's, it's not about constantly beating them to the point where they never want to play. It's, it's kind of allowing them to have fun with you, even if that's to the point of not playing up to where you're, you know, where you know you're going to be or where you're at. And that's just something I, I've brought with me for, for years and years. And um, yes, there are definitely times where I want to destroy somebody. But if there's times where I want people to maybe keep playing these stupid games with me, I can't quite play to the level that I want to play at. Because then they'll just think I'm crazy and and mm. never want to do anything with me again.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, so that's that was that was the the lesson that my dad taught me for better or worse.
1: Those long fucking legs. <laughs> I'll never forget it.
2: <laughs> and
0: I'll never forget how to send retrovaniacs a question on our amazing questioner form at retrovania.net. So until our next episode, please catch us there. You find links to our YouTube and our Twitter and our Facebook. Please follow us on all of those things for all your Retrovania news, and we will see you next time.